Welcome to From the Shed End Podcast, episode 39. Disappointed, 39, 39th episode, but um, as always, teed up myself, joined by Theo and Hayda as well, and we've got our guest for this episode, Roger Giggs, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Well, yeah, I'm all right. After I was expecting a, a not a positive result anyway, so yeah, I'm all right, actually. <laughs> Come away from a pipe, Stamford Bridge. Happy days. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk briefly um, before we get into the game around. Obviously, Oli being sacked. Uh, Ralph Ragnick's coming now, or he's due to come in. I think he's just waiting on his visa to to get started. Um, what's your thoughts on that all, all together? Um, good appointment for United, or has he got a lot of work to do? I know he likes to press a lot. Do, do you think that that's going to be something he's going to have to churn out of these players because? Obviously, we know Rashford, Ronaldo, not really pressing players as such, but what's your thoughts on the appointment? Uh, I know they're not pressing players, but do they, do they want to be United players? So if they do, they're going to have to adapt. So uh, I think there's a myth about Ronaldo being pressing. He's never been a pressing player, for, mm. even in 2008 when we won the Champions League. We not see him running about like another chicken. You've got other people doing that for him, like at G-Sun Park, you know, all the kinds of you know, Darren Fletcher... All the other people done the running from, so that's no change there. Um, yeah, it's a good appointment. It's um, I worry on on the six months because this guy seems to be a, a long planner, and you know if, if we're looking at you know Southampton, Liverpool, and Klopp coming, there was a lot of injuries because the players have got adapted training methods, and, and you know and can they do that with the games coming thick and fast? So that part I kind of worry, but you know he's got he's got a good pedigree and, and you know there's an idea that there's an identity that there's there's a way of playing and and, and it's an attacking way of playing. So that, the United playing the United way now, you know, it's, it's kind of gone. It's different kind of football, different kind of players, different kind of manager. So um, yeah, it's we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, it's got. I mean, it's obviously got quality in United I don't think anyone can doubt that at all when you look at Sancho Greenwood Rashford Cavani Pogba uh, Varane you could go on a bit more as well but he's got I think he's got enough there to work with I just I look at like an Arouan Bissaka is he someone who you know come the end of his six months and whoever comes in after that as well you know is he one of those players that he's going to look at and try and say we need someone better in that position um but we'll have to see I suppose um see how that pans out but let's go Let's go back to Sunday. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> now you've spoken, uh, Hayd, I'm going to start with you. Um, give us your thoughts initially on the game and how, how did you think that we played as from, from a Chelsea perspective? Was it two points dropped? You, you would have to say it's two points dropped, especially after the uh, the match. You know, there was, there was an emotional reaction straight away to think we had to take three points showing the domination we had. But now that I've had time to to think about it, watch it over again, you, you do have to praise Man United for coming to take the point. Um, a lot of people w- w- will criticise them and say they sat deep. They, you know, they, they played for the counter. But I think if they if they played into our hands and tried to play us at our own game, it would have it would have ended in, in, a, in a large scoreline. So you do have to credit Michael Carrick and his staff whether Fletcher was on the on the phone to uh, uh, the new man on on the bench, we don't know. But 
uh, it definitely had his prints on it. I felt like it had his prints on it, and and they built from the back. It seemed, you know, at all costs, they they defended really well. They put three workaholics in the midfield, and they put their quick boys up front. You know, and and it's a big statement not to play Ronaldo. It's a very, very big statement not to play Ronaldo, but it does kind of show you the direction I feel in the next six months, as Roger was saying, of where of where this now may go. And I feel after this six months is done, um, he would have ironed out all the players that he feels that won't be fitting into the system, especially when he appoints uh, uh, the new manager. So it is it is two points dropped, but you do have to credit Man United uh, uh, for the way they set up, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I thought they they played really well, um, especially second half. I thought the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes it was, I thought it was backs against the wall in the first half for United. I'll be honest. I thought, um, I think early on Callum Hudson Odoi, I think it was a mistake by Wan Bissaka, and he has a good chance. He can either pass it to Vernon for a tap in, or he can he takes a shot on. I think De Gea makes a really good save. But Theo, just in terms of the way that we played in the first half, was it just wasted chances by Vernon? Because I think he had a few. I think we had a couple of chances in that first half where if we score, we could be talking about a different game in the second half. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing, particularly in that first half. I was at the game and I could see the reaction from all those at Stamford Bridge. It was a lot of frustration, especially towards Ziyech, towards Werner. I didn't feel like it was the game for Werner. He seemed, you know, he didn't really know what to do when he got the ball. He seemed hesitant each time he got the ball. And it was the story like last season. He Every, every time he plays in this false number nine role, he just ends up drifting on the wing and then off. there's no one in the middle. There's, you know, you'd want someone like Lukaku or last season we were seeing Giroud just sit in the box and be ready to poach it or create chances for themselves within the penalty box. But, you know, it's just in Ziyech as well. I think he had a decent game, but he's just too reliant on his left foot. I felt like every time he'd be in a position to shoot on his right foot, he just put it onto his left foot and then it ended up being a cross or a pass. So it was quite disappointing to see. But, um, but yeah, I, overall the atmosphere at Snapper Bridge felt like it was a, you know, two points dropped at the end of the day. Felt like a defeat leaving Stamford Bridge. Um, probably, but I have to agree with Haider and Roger. Credit to Manchester United. They played for a point and they, 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 their game plan was effective. I felt like Fred, McTominay and Matic suppressed every Chelsea attack in a quite a good way or slowed it down at least. So you've got to credit them there. And, you know, they capitalised on a mistake on our behalf in the, in the second half, scored that goal. And it could have easily been a second mistake a couple of minutes later from Mendy. I've been very, I praise him a lot, but I've also been critical of his distribution. And that's why you see it there. You know, he needs to work on that. He gets a bit too complacent at times from goal kicks, puts it for throw-ins or gives it to opposition players. And luckily for us, you know, Fred couldn't um, capitalise on that mistake. But overall, you know, looking back on the game, I think Manchester United played well, relatively well defensively. So um, maybe a point's kind of a fair result, but disappointed given the circumstances going into the game that we didn't get all three. Yeah, I was sh- I was shocked to be fair for the for their goal for United's goal because obviously it comes from a corner from 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 one of our corners, um, and somehow it ends up with Jorginho being last man. Poor touch from Jorginho. I, I, I don't know. It could happen to any player. It could be happen to the best player in the world, um, which isn't Messi for me. But um, there was a bit of arrogance to it. There yeah, was a bit. Of I was just about. I was just about to say. I think he felt very confident in his. He was gonna bring that down and maybe bring it back to Mendy but just just one of those things that happened I thought you know you look at the speed of the pace that you know Sancho's got Rashford's got you know it's just one they of weren't those. too far away from him you know they they were well, quite close to him yeah I was good I was good yeah definitely but I, I just think you know that could that was just a mistake that could happen to any any player um I want to ask Rodri about the, the penalty decision would you say it's a penalty 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's kicked through the back of him. It's not even a debate. Yeah, because yeah. mm. obviously you know we know what Anthony Taylor's like from a, from a Chelsea perspective. So we we weren't looking to get a penalty on Sunday. We were surprised to think that he gave that. But um, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it? them, it's, like, it's like the um, the Everton one. The Everton one's a bit more obvious, mm. but it's just come from the from the side or you know they've just got their eyes on the ball. And yeah, you know Thiago's been clever and quick and got his leg in front, and he's just kicked through it. So yeah, it's a it's nailed on penalty. Yeah, I was I was surprised Jorginho because he's not had the best of luck in terms of penalties of late. So for him to do his his usual cool as ice penalty, um, you know, I'm surprised he done that. But at least he scored. He sort of redeemed himself slightly there as well. But just in terms of Lukaku as well, the Haider, third best player in the world. <laughs> well, if Messi's the first, I don't know if we if we, if we say Messi's the first. I personally, for me, I would have give it to Lewandowski. I thought he definitely deserved it. Um, I, I think you know he's. He was almost robbed of it, um, you know, a couple of years ago or last year. So I think, for me, we spoke about it briefly on here, um, the last episode. For me personally, I think it's all about who knows who and a bit of money being passed around and favoritism. But you know, it's Messi popular- might. Still- it's a popularity contest. Mm. Yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. Because if you know, you look at Messi. Not to say that he's not. A good, I mean, he's probably one of the best footballers we're ever going to witness in our in our lifetime along with Ronaldo you know Ronaldo's up there um, but you can't shy away from what Lewandowski's been doing in the Bundesliga people say it's just the Bundesliga you know but he's still he still deserves his Ballon d'Or does it for Poland doesn't he though we can yeah, you know? against all the teams so just yeah. uh, real quick, Rodri, I know uh, we're seeing the comment there about... Uh, <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> about Carrick uh, being... Um, do you feel the way they set up against Chelsea had any of his prints on it, or any of his thoughts on it, or do you think that was all that all came from Ralph? No, yeah, I think that's all come from Carrick. Um, you know, looking at uh, Ragnar, he's, he's an attacking, more attacking, uh, not a, a defensive false nine. He's more on the front foot. Um, yeah, so no, I don't think so. You know, we've, we've seen um, before Oli got sacked, you know, Michael Carrick used to have an AP, so he was always talking to someone in the stand and obviously Darren Fletcher took over that role, so I just don't see no, yeah. And do you, and do you feel... He's rather just got someone in the stand watching the game and he's just feeding the yeah. information back. Do you feel Carrick, um, Carrick will be staying on, staying off with the staff when Ralph comes in? Or do you think he'll get rid of uh, Carrick? By the looks of it, they're all staying, which, which is it's puzzling to me. It's puzzling. It's puzzling, you know, isn't it? Yeah. 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 If you're a team and you know, Ali with his emotional speech, you know, he, he obviously cares for them and like them. It's just uh, it's a shame that it's not the other, other way around because if that was me, I'd be going with my, my mate and my, my manager. Yeah. Do, do you think it's a thing of maybe Oli saying to those staff, stay on and learn a bit from, yeah, from Ralph or whoever comes that. in? You can, you can be a man and say, no, you know, I'm coming with you, that's mm. it. But you, you, mm. you know, that's the easy way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Or, or no, I don't want to put up an argument and say, no, no, okay. No, how, mm. how did the conversation go? You know, it depends uh, where your pride lies, isn't it? I think if you're, you've got a bit of pride about yourself, you go... You know, you're all part of a team if one goes and you all go or you stay and you... Michael Carrick was there before. Yeah, yeah. Before was there, he stayed on. He got apologies because he knows Ollie. And it's the others that that I'm... That the McKenna, the Mike Feeland. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Not for me. Yep. Yep. Theo, talk, talk to me about Rudiger. 
because I feel like we saw really good parts of him. But he had a he had a brilliant chance to make it two one at the end of the game. Um, uh, you know, you want anyone but Rudiger probably on that at that point. Maybe even Lukaku if he's in that position or whoever. But just talk to me about Rudiger in the game on Sunday. How good was he? And should he have buried that chance at the end? Because for me, you know, he's got time to take a touch and you know compose himself a little bit before he tries to sky into Rosette. Yeah, I thought not just Rudiger, but all our defenders were solid on Sunday night. Um, one bit of criticism is for the you know the Jorginho mistake; they were maybe too high up the pitch. I think that mistake's not happening if Kante's playing because if Kante's playing, he's on that halfway line and he'd be intercepting you know that long that long ball from Bruno Fernandez, or paying it back to Mendy, or you know at least taking a better touch than Jorginho. But I think you know Silva, Chaloba, and Rudiger that they've all scored this season; they were all confident. They went out for that corner, just leaving Jorginho at the back. But um, Rudiger, I thought, had a very solid game. He put, you know, he, he forced David De Gea into a brilliant save from long range in that first half, which actually was a great fingertip save. He's got that confidence now to shoot. And at the end, um, he actually started that chance for himself, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he put in a brilliant challenge in his own half, won the ball back, drove up the pitch, and then any other player but Rudiger, and that's, got, that's in the back of the net, you, you're thinking he just maybe had a bit too much confidence in the way that, you know, he thought he just smashed it into the roof of the net, but he should have actually probably just placed it or even, you know, side-footed it into the, the goal. So it is a bit um, disappointing, you know, again, it would have been a perfect finish to a game, but other than that, I think he had a solid game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, I think, you know, everyone talks about the the contracts, and we spoke about his contracts on here as well. But I think he still puts a shift in. He's not he's not allowing any of that sort of contracts nonsense to sort of overshadow his performances, and he's still turning up every week. He's still putting in a shift, which is which is what you want from a player, regardless of whether he's going to move on in a couple of months or so. But Haidar, just in terms of Werner, is it time to give Werner a bit of a rest now and, and maybe risk Lukaku against Watford? Thing is, we say rest. But he hasn't played for, <laughs> for for a month, you know. So it, it's, it's not like he's been. I saw some stat the other day, and they compared him to Batshuayi. Um, I saw Morata. I saw Morata. Yeah, yeah. And and stats are worse. Um, the only thing we can say, which is evident, is the work rate he puts in, um, the way he stretches defense defenses. You know, I don't think we have a player like him at the moment at the club. I think. He's two kills. One of his favorite his favorite players purely because of his work rate, which he needs in a system like like his. But I think by Christmas, um, you know, if the stats don't go up, if the performances don't get better, then yeah, he's going to have to get dropped. He's going to have to. He's going to have to get dropped because we, we did do so well without him as well in the team. Mm. Uh, we won quite a few games when when he wasn't in the team. So going forward, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to have to pull his socks up for me. And then obviously with Watford coming up tomorrow, what what would you be your, who would be your guy going forward? Would it be Werner? Would you stick with him? Would you risk Lukaku? Would you put maybe Pulisic back in that position? And, and see I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Lukaku in yet because mm. I think we saw when he came on against uh, Manchester United, he, he wasn't fit. There was, there was no way he was fit. And I did feel like it was the last throw of the dice. Um, you know, they have a lot of injuries, Watford. So I don't feel like we need to overthink in terms of our selection. I feel like any eleven we put out should be putting them away. Um, there's there's no excuses with that. I would like to see Havertz back into the team. Um, I feel like he, he does link the midfield and, and the strikers 
quite well. And I don't think we have that apart from Lukaku. So I would drop Werner and I'd put Mountain Pulisic either side of Havertz. Mm, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I think all three players that started up front against United should be given the rest. I think Hudson Adoy started nine games in a row now. He's putting some brilliant performances, but he does need a rest, I think. Same with Ziyech. I think he started the last two. He's looked decent, but rest him. This game's coming three days after the United won. So I'd agree with Haidar, Havertz, Mount and Pulisic for that game. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you look at all the injuries that Watford have got at the moment, regardless of that, we should be beating Watford. And, and th- there's no ifs or buts. You know, we've had sort of two um, games now where we've kind of we played really well, we've done really well in terms of the football, but we haven't come out with the points. So I think in terms of Watford, we've got to, we've got to rectify that. And obviously look at the table now. I think we were five points clear um, at one point. You look at the table now, obviously City winning, Liverpool winning. Um you know, it's a point in it now. I think we're on 30, City are on 29. But, Rodri, I'll ask you about United. Obviously, you've got Arsenal up next. Michael Carrick's still in charge, as far as I'm aware, because of he's still not sorted. What's your thoughts going into that game as a United, from a United perspective? Uh, big game, because, you know, they're, they're above us. Uh, I don't know if it's four or five points above us. So, uh, Arsenal seems to be a little bit of a bit of a run as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big it's a big game. So, and uh, obviously the manager will be there. But if he'll be on the bench, I, I don't know. He, the report size he's in England now, so I'm yeah, sure is, yeah. Get, I'm pretty sure he'll be at the game. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. We, we should be beating Arsenal, Old Trafford. Come on, let's have it right. The players we got, if, if it's set up right and we perform like we can perform, yes. The first half, the Chelsea, but the second half, we, we seem to play a little bit better on the front foot a little bit more. And so, and you know, Chelsea, Arsenal are not Chelsea, so we we should have given a good game and, and hopefully come away with three points because you know, damn them Arsenal, lot it can be annoying. So. Yeah, we all be Just on that on that point, uh, uh, Rodri, do you think do you think United will set up the same way they set up against Chelsea, or do you feel like they'll take the initiative, maybe put throwing Ronaldo now into the lineup and try and dominate that game? Yeah, like I say, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal are not Chelsea, so if, I can't see them setting up the three central midfielders, holding midfielders out at Old Trafford. On a night yeah. game, no, I can't, I can't see that happening. And Ronaldo being on the bench, Mike, Mike can't even be out again. Out of, out of Old Trafford, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'd be roles reversal and it'd be all out attack. You know, obviously you've got to be wary of Arsenal because they have got speed and they've got decent players. But you know, yeah, we're at Old Trafford, and you know, we can't be scared of Arsenal. I think he's scared of our podcast. <laughs> um, but no, I think he's right. You know, I think obviously you look at you look at United, like I said before, they've actually got decent players in that squad. And yeah. is it just a managerial yeah. issue? I would probably say it was. I think Oli was obviously the wrong guy to get those guys working as they need to. But 100%, you know, I think you look at that team, they should be beating Arsenal. I do feel like they do need to dip into the market in Christmas for a central midfielder. Um, as good as as good as the three in midfield did against Chelsea, there's they don't have a central midfielder who can get on the ball and just you know t- kind of take control of the game. 
Um, and and it's evident. It's very it's very evident to see when you watch Man United. It's it just goes from back to front. There's no transition play. Uh, there's no one through the middle, you know, linking up the play. And I, and I think that's going to be their main focus this this Christmas. Do you, do you agree with that, Rod? I see. I, see I, I, I do and I don't because you don't really get much quality in January. Of you know, the big teams don't want to let the, the, the players go because they're, they're in Champions League or whatever. But you know, this looking into this dragnet, I, I, I see him using Jesse Lingard a lot. So you can see Jesse mm. Lingard coming into the a bit with this manager. I, I reckon I just don't have to wait and see, but. Yeah, we do need a, a, a proper though, holding, ball hugging midfielder who can you know dictate play. They're hard to find, so it's coming in January. If there's one out there, he might have already identified one, but uh, it'd be sort of always difficult. Like I say, they're hard in January to get good players in. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. One thing I did want to speak about today. Obviously, last week I said we were the best team in Europe. I even feel said we were the best team in the world. But we are the best team of the year, according to what the Ballon d'Or ceremony said yesterday. So I'll ask you, Theo, are we the team of the year? Do we deserve this award? Are we still yeah. the best team in Europe? Are we the team of the... Have we got to win the Club World Cup to be the best in the world? I think we're definitely the best team in Europe with the Champions League holders. Once we win the Club World Cup in February, I think we'll be crowned the best team in the world. It's only fair to give us that accolade. Um, I think yesterday's award of being the team of the year is fair. We won the Champions League. We won the Women's Premier League, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we won the Super Cup as well. The three kind of Europe, very prestigious awards that we won. And if you look at, I think we had 10 players, if I'm not mistaken, male and female amongst the kind of, you know, top Ballon d'Or um, 30 players. So we were up there, you know, and um, you look at the year we've had and how Tuchel came in in January. And since he came in in January, January 2021, we've been, you know, very, very, you know, efficient, um, and we've started the season very well at top of the league. Um, so I think it's only fair that we're the best team in the world. Um, I'm not happy with the actual ranking of some of the players, if I'm completely honest. I uh, don't want to be talking about Messi on this um, this podcast and it's kind of Chelsea-specific. Too late, I've already but, done it. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Messi before, but you know, we were speaking off, off, off camera before and we were saying, you know, reward ceremonies in Paris, they lit up the Eiffel Tower, he's a PSG player, he sat next to Mbappe. It's just, as we said, it's like a popularity contest and the criteria now of winning the Ballon d'Or is so blurred. I think, you know, if Messi is the best player in the world, then in that, with that logic, Jorginho is the third best player in the world. And even me as a Chelsea fan, I'm not, Jorginho is not the third best player in the world, let's face it. So you should be evaluated on what you performed during the season or the, or the, um, the calendar year. And Messi, throughout this year, I think he was not as good as Lewandowski. He was not as good as Jorginho. He was not as good as Benzema. So it's kind of disappointing. Um, that aspect of the ceremony was really disappointing. I have to agree. I mean, I... I try not to take too much notice of, of the Ballon d'Or and I, I don't feel that's, you know, that's where credibility should be given and that's kind of pedestal for for who's the best player in the world. It's a corrupted system. I don't want to go too deep into it and stuff. I think I think we all do know there's a lot of payments uh, and, and friendships involved when it comes to uh, at the Ballon d'Or. You have, you have Ronaldo, you know, releasing comments and statements, you know, as soon as it's, as soon as the event's getting underway, so you know, it's to me, it's not. It doesn't hold much ground for me. It doesn't hold much ground for me. Where, where, where would you see, um, Roger? Where would you see Mendy, who 
was runner-up to Donnarumma in his award. Would you, do you think that's a, a fair shout that Donnarumma deserved that award? Oh, oh, he's gone again. I'll answer um, for him. No, it's no, it's not. It's, it's, no, not. it's not a fair shout. It's not, 100% it? it's not. I, I don't think it is. I think even I suppose we're basing this over a period of time. Not we're talking about current form, but for me, it's not. But uh, we'll hear. See, we'll you've hear. just got to look at. You just got to look at what what Theo was saying. You know, he's a PSG player. Ceremonies in Paris. It seemed like they gave it to the people who could attend. You know, I think I, I think it's not just that though. I think it's just who 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 they like more. It's not. It's, it's, I, I think it's just who 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 they like more. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Donnarumma doesn't even start every game for PSG at the moment. Not that I'm aware of. No, you've got you've got Liverpool's keeper, you've got City's keeper. Yeah. There's a lot of good keepers out there. And yeah, it's just uh, like I say, it's a popularity contest. Mate, I'm having a bad connections problem today, so I'm just gonna ruin it for you. So I'm just gonna head off for you. Yeah, no worries, Rod. Thank you for joining us. Cheers for coming, mate. Pleasure. Good time, fellas. See you later, fellas. Take it easy, Cheers. mate. Bye-bye. So yeah, I think I think for me. Personally, I would have said, like Roger just said then, obviously, Alisson, Edison, uh, Mendy, potentially would all be above Donnarumma yeah. based off what we're, we're looking at over the last, say, 12 months or whenever we're, we're covering that period from. But uh, What did he achieve this year apart from the Euros? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's a know, bit crazy. I, you know? And again, if you're going to go off the Euros, for giving him that, giving him that trophy, then... Jorginho. Jorginho's won the Champions League and the Euros, you know. It's just, there's, there's no agenda, there's no logic. you know, there's no criteria. There's no, logic. There's no we, we don't know what to go off. We don't know what to base it off. I mean, even, even I mean, I think he's a fantastic footballer. He was brilliant for AC Milan last season and had a great Euros. But the Danish centre-back, Ja, I think sure. it was, he was... That amongst, was more of a sentimental... Uh, yeah, I think because yeah. of what happened with Ericsson, maybe they felt like they wanted to include him and you saw the reception he got, everybody applauded him when he was awarded. But in terms of actual footballing quality, is he better than a Thiago Silva or Rudiger? Where, where did he finish? Uh, he finished in the top 20? I don't want to say anything stupid, but I think 18th, I 18th. think. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's yeah, what I saw. Yeah, he got 18th. And then you had Dan, Danny Alves saying Ericsson should be given the Ballon d'Or. It's yeah, just... It's, it's just it's it's losing it is, credibility, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's losing a lot of credibility. So I'm glad I didn't watch it last night. I just like watching the seeing the pictures of the Chelsea players in tuxedos, and that's it. Yeah. I, I was impressed, obviously, with with obviously Sam Kerr as well. Yeah, she finished third in the women's Ballon d'Or as well. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those it's one of those achievements now where if you get it, you get it. If you don't, I wouldn't even let it beat you up and I'm sure none of those players that are in that list would probably do that I think they probably went there knowing it was either going to be Messi or a, a long shot it was going to be Lewandowski but you know I think obviously for me I look at Mason Mount I think he was 19th on the list Lukaku was 12th on the list um, obviously Angola Kante's 5th on the list that's still a good achievement from from a Chelsea perspective to have those in the top 20 obviously Jorginho being, being in there as well um, so I think it's not all doom and gloom. It doesn't define how we play over a course of a season. Um, it is a it is a watered down reward now. I think it, it doesn't really have any sentimental value in terms of what it means in football in, in this day and age. People just see it as you've won the Ballon d'Or. You know, it, it's not what it was ten years ago. So I don't think it's any sort of 
major um major thing but and they created the um they created the best striker uh, yeah, yeah. Award, didn't it? and you can tell that was just to cater to to Lewandowski's uh, needs they, so basically you're not you're not job, getting the ballon d'Or, but we'll give yeah. you the best striker of the year award yeah keep you sweet yeah. makes no sense to me but listen we all know what it's like the, the corruption is 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 rife and it's definitely up there um just before we go before we wrap up obviously we've spoke about Watford um in our game tomorrow but we do have another big game coming up at the weekend against West Ham early kickoff half 12 what are we expecting from West Ham because they had a, a bit of a torrid time against the Man City in the snow but what, what's our expectations going into that early kickoff on on a Saturday uh, afternoon Haider I mean, they lost they lost the game before that as well didn't they um, I'm not sure who they played. Yeah, they was it Wolves? Was it Wolves? I think it was think a one-nil as well. Yeah. So, so you know, just just based on that, I think it's a good time to play them. Um, we should be winning. I think I saw our next four fixtures or something. I think we should be winning all of them. Uh, I don't. I don't see. You know, as good as as good as they are, I think they've got a decent eleven. But I don't think their squad's strong enough to to be taking us on right now. Um, so, so on that, yeah, it's, it's definite victory for us. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna predict, and I'm gonna predict that we go on a decent run now as well. Speaking mm. into existence, we we need it. We need it for you, don't we? I think we need to. We need to get back onto that momentum. Obviously, I just mentioned the table before. Um, you know, we're one point ahead going into tomorrow's. Well, I think this fixture start tonight, but in terms of our fixture tomorrow, is it a case now that we can't afford to drop points at this this period of the? The Premier League with City, Liverpool on our tails now. Yeah, this festive period is almost a bit make or break for teams, you know, going on to win the league. It was the beginning of the end for Frank Lampard last season. I think he lost two on the bounce to Everton and Wolves and then it just all went downhill from there. But um, I do agree with Haida. We've got four relatively easy fixtures. We're playing a really out of form Everton quite soon after Leeds as well at home the week the following weekend who have been absolutely dreadful this season. But, you know, if we want to really redeem ourselves for the two points dropped against United, we should realistically be beating Watford tomorrow and also beating West Ham away from home. I can look at West Ham's form and say they've had a really good start to the season, but on paper, we've got the better team. We've got the better manager. And I think if we utilise our squad depth and we start, you know, wise, not not tinker too much with the squad, but, you know, we start wise starting 11s for each one of these um, December fixtures then there's no reason why we can't win every single one, which probably won't happen. I know we'll drop points. But, you know, on paper, with the squad we have, we can easily be getting three points in every fixture. You, you make a good point there about um, utilising the squad. Um, I think, you know, for a long time now, we've said we've got like three, two or three players in each position. You know, we've got quite, quite a big squad, haven't we? And uh, especially in the attacking sense. And I feel like in this, in this you know, Christmas period now is where we can take advantage of it. Mm. Where, whereas other squads don't have that luxury, um, so again, this could be this could be a make or break for us. I think the yeah. uh, the Christmas period, especially the West Ham's, the West Ham's, the yeah. Wolves, the Everton's, they don't have yeah. that squad depth like you know Small we squads, do. Maybe right? United yeah. does. So exactly. it's the perfect time to be playing them. And I don't think we're playing any of the top six teams. In um, I mean, it depends if you count West Ham now as the top six, but the traditional top six, we're not playing them at all in December. So yeah, and it's important sh- to get to get a bit of you know leverage once yeah. you do come and play them. If there's a four or five point gap, it gives you a bit you know a bit of relaxation in terms of there isn't mm. that pressure of one loss and then and then you're off the top. 
Yeah, because Liverpool on the second of the of January, soon after the new year, that's a fixture where you want to have at least a three or four point you know difference between them. So there's room to potentially snatch only a point from that game. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting run of games, a really busy um, festive period. I just hope we utilise our squad depth and even play like Malang Sar, who's now been linked to Inter Milan in January. I think he's got a role to play, especially over the cup game on the 22nd. So um, yeah, I think Barkley as well, Salonagas as well, players like this make the most out of them now. Yeah. T, what do you think of um, West Ham and Watford game? I think think Watford is a game where we need to put the two sort of I like to call them poor performances behind us. I think we need to step back on the the treadmill, so to speak, and and get back to it because I think obviously, like I just mentioned, we can't really afford to be dropping points. There's a big derby game in in Merseyside tomorrow with Everton and and, uh, Liverpool, and you'd expect Liverpool to win that game. And the same for City. I'm not sure who they're playing, but in terms of their games, they look like a good, you know, we know what City are about already. So I think against Watford, for me personally, I'd definitely bring back Mason Mount into a game like this because when he came on on Sunday and with Pulisic as well, they definitely made a difference in that in those kind yeah. of games where... Energy, isn't it? Creati- yeah, creativity yeah. is what we, we lack, I think, sometimes. And we mentioned Werner and how he plays, which is brilliant, but sometimes he doesn't have that that link-up play, just isn't there. And I think Mason Mount is the one that does a lot of that. So I'd definitely bring him back into the fold, definitely for, for Watford. And again, for West Ham, I think he's, he's crucial. Um, but I agree with you both. You know, we've got relatively... I hate to use the word easy, but mm-hmm. we've got games where we are the, the favourites to win. So yeah. I think amongst Watford and West Ham, we should easily be beating them, the two of them. And I think we, we need to, we do need to tinker with the squad. I think we need to bring in, a, you know, some of those players that we aren't really using as much, a Ross Barkley or a Sal Niguez at last resort. But, I don't want to tinker with it too much because I think then it takes away a lot of the hard work and a lot yeah. of the the tactical sort of um, background that I suppose um, Tuchel puts in place. And when you start tinkering with the squad too much, it does disrupt the harmony disrupt, of the squad yeah, as well. And you don't want to. So it's a fine balance. I agree. We've mm. got to get we've got to get those players in because why have a big squad if you're not going to use it? But you've got to make sure it's the right balance as well. So I think it's just a case of making sure we we, we rest players when we can. Obviously, we've got Brentford in the cup. We've got um, a, a Zenit game in between that those that sort of busy fixture period as well. So we've qualified for the Champions League already. So that some you of those can rest some in. players. You can, yeah, you can rest some players for that. I do yeah. want to just top really the group, quick. though. I do want to top the group in the Champions League. Yeah, just want to I get think, your opinions yeah. both on um, Alonso. Um, in in the Man United game, do you think scapegoat. it was just a matter of? Do you think it was a matter of rustiness, though? No, scape, scapegoat. Of... I think he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't that. He was okay. I think he wasn't as bad as Werner was yet. But Chelsea fans just love to point the finger to Alonso, and I do agree there was a bit of rustiness. He hasn't played as much football as maybe he had before October. I agree. Yeah. So um, I think it's just Chelsea fans. As soon as we drop points, they like to find a player to scapegoat, yeah. and this it's often been Alonso or more recently yeah. Werner. And on, you know, I was on another podcast yesterday, and we both we all agreed that Alonso actually had probably about a six out of ten game. The quarter, yeah. you know, but it did look slightly better when he came off. But maybe that's because Pulisic's a bit more offensive, and you know, he he was taking on players really well. So, and we went we went gung ho at that point. Yeah, you know yeah we did. We, we were playing. We, it yeah. was all out. So. so it is an option maybe to play a Pulisic, you know, in that position, or even a, a Aspi against Watford. But I think Alonso has got every right to start that game as well. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head in the last episode, Theo, when you said having Ben Chilwell was the firework that was constantly up, 
his ass in, a, mm. in terms of Alonso in the nicest way possible because it gave gave the two of them the competition to want to fight for that position. And I feel like now, not to say that he had a, a poor game because I don't think he yeah. was that bad. To be fair, I don't think I just think he, I think he's very good defensively, but going forward, I don't think he's as confident as I would put Chilwell. I think Chilwell gets a lot forward a lot more in my opinion, but he didn't have a bad game. I don't think he was someone I would point the finger at but I think now that that competition isn't there between him and Chilwell do we see a bit of a yeah he might no, drop down a level potentially and he has done that before we, we've seen mm. it with Alonso where he hasn't given his his all or he hasn't played maybe to the to the levels that he can and when you've got someone competing for your position you do put in an extra 10% because you don't want to lose your position so True. he did look rusty but again he hasn't played whenever you just I think you just said October or sometime then that he yeah. hasn't played a game. His last game was Malmo away, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I've got faith in him. I've got yeah, faith yeah, I in him. So. I, I know what he can do. We, he's been a great servant for Chelsea. He's won league titles with us. He's won Premier League, um, Champions League with us. You know, he's, he's and he's a smart player. Yeah. Left not, wing back's his position as well. It's not left yeah, back. Left yeah, wing yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do feel it's a matter of one or two games, and he, and he'll be kicking again. I even think he'll get goals. Hmm. Well, he was getting them before. If you remember, yeah. he was he was scoring yeah, goals yeah. before before um, Chilwell sort of was sort of cementing the place. But I do think as well in terms of just injuries. Obviously, we, we're kind of picking them up still as we go along. I still think, obviously, depending on how the severity of Ben Chilwell's injury is, we still need to assess that that position come the next six or eight weeks, whenever Tuchel's um, expecting a, an update on Chilwell. Because I think if we, if it is a case that he's going to be out for, you know, up until March, April, we definitely need to look at bringing someone else in or recalling someone maybe that, that can just provide that cover just in case we do lose Alonso. Um, like I mentioned in the last episode, you know, check Codicini all over again. Um, we need someone who's reliable, not when I say reliable, who's comfortable to play that position for me. So, um, you know, the next six weeks are going to be crucial for us. I think if we can get Chilwell or hope that Chilwell can come back in and play a, a part, you know, after New Year, definitely. I think, you know, Alonso can definitely play that, that that role and provide that cover if he needs to. And they can, again, tinker, you know, we can use the two of them as we have been anyway all season. So, yeah, I don't think he was, I don't think he was as bad. And I know what you mean, like, you know, you go on Twitter or anything like that and there's a, there's always someone to blame when it's a, a poor Chelsea result. And sometimes it isn't anyone to blame. It's just United set up in a way that was... That's it, isn't it? They, they, yeah. they set up so deep that not only our attacking players had no space, but it was like, as soon as the defence wanted to come up, it was just, it was just a roadblock, mm. wasn't it? Mm. And it, it was so congested in that area that not a lot of players can do stuff. So I wouldn't just throw it on, on one individual, definitely not. I couldn't put anyone down as a bad performance on Sunday. I don't think any people will say Jorginho for the touch that can happen to Messi. You know, if mm. any player can just try and bring the ball down, and it yeah. just your touch isn't. We, we, the we best, played so. we played the way we've been playing for the past few months. There was nothing yeah. different about it. The system was set up uh, to dominate. It dominated. You know, um, it was literally just a matter of tucking away the chances and that's that's kind of been a story of our our season the last so far, two seasons yeah, we, 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 exactly. we should be used to it by now so yeah um, last two home games Burnley and um, Manchester United 49 shots 10 of them are on target 2-1-1 draws it's just you know we're not being we're not clinical enough we're not doing anything I, li- I would have liked to see Loftus-Cheek shoot more he was in positions to shoot but he'd always just pass it to, you know, one of the this wing backs. This is one of his problems, I think. It is one of his problems. Oh, he has it in his locker. He yes. has it in his locker, though. We saw it in the Sari season. He can score goals from, you know, 
there seems to be a fear though. There seems to be a fear as soon as he enters that final third of. He's like a de- he's like a deer yeah. in headlights. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? He looks mm. up and it's like, no, you've got the strength, you've got the power to absolutely mm. bulldoze and just let one rip, you know. And mm. I feel like when it happens once, yeah, I agree. I feel like he'll realize, okay, you know, I, I do have this on my locker. And he's done it before. I mean, we've seen it in, uh, I think it was in the Europa League where he scored a hat trick. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he's got it. Yeah, he's got it in him. I know obviously the, the team wasn't the best, but in terms of what he can do, we've seen it. So he's got it in there. And I agree, he's got everything about him. But as soon as he gets into that final third, he's almost looking to pass the ball rather than, you know, shoot. And that's all he's got to do. And I've said that before. He's, that's the only thing I think he's got to add to his game. And, you know, he. I mean, he's obviously doing something right because he's definitely in Tuchel's plans. Otherwise, you know, he'd be on the bench with Barkley. So he's doing something right. He's just got to get that final, that final uh, part of his game. But we didn't boot the, the, the players off like Brighton. So we're doing something right. Or Everton. Right. Or Everton. Yeah, I forgot about the Everton one. So <laughs> we're doing something right. We're still top of the league. We're crowned team of the year. Been there now for how long? What is it going on? Yeah, Two, three on. months? I think we're going to, and, and it feels like a defeat to me. This game. Which is a good sign. Good. It's just Which very promising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if I'm feeling like this after a point, there's positives, more positives to take out of it than the negative. So for me, we're not going to win every game this season. We're not invincibles. We're not, we're not, that's, you know, those days are gone. So I think we've got to take these kind of, def- say defeats, but these two points dropped, just take them on the chin and, and yeah. providing it doesn't become a habit, that's when the concern for me kicks in. But at the moment, you know, we were playing a team that have changed their manager and obviously things are changing for them at the club. It was always going to be difficult if you got you know players defending the way they did the way that they did. So you know I'm not I'm not disheartened by it. And I said that on my other podcast on Sunday that I just it's just one of those games. It's frustrating as a Chelsea fan to see that, but you just got to take them on the chin. Mm-hmm. And you know yes, we were lucky to get a penalty, but you know we still had plenty of the possession of the ball. We had enough chances to score goals. So we've that's, that's on us. That's yeah. on us yeah. as players. You know yeah. that's. Um, you know, the, the at at no point that in that game, at no point, even even when they were trying to counter or we, we made mistakes, did I feel like, oh no, you know, you yeah. know like we look, you know, they, they're going to blow us away now and they're just going to dominate. And at no point, and to say that against so-called Big Four team, it's it's a positive itself. Mm. I think my only two oh no moments was Mendy giving the ball to Fred. And my Sorry. other oh no moment was Jorginho trying to control the ball and he just miscontrolled it. That was it. I don't, I can't remember any other. And the, the linesman, the linesman was a joke. Uh, the, the Ronaldo offside yeah. as well. Yeah, that was a bit of an oh no moment. But, Which led to a corner and had they scored from that corner would have been doing yeah, all kind of vulgar have... gestures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that was I a bad one. Tuchel would have been arrested on, on the, on the stadium <laughs> he, if that. He, he was got going booked, crazy. Didn't he? He, he got, got booked, yeah. yeah. He got booked uh, following that. I'm not sure that, what yeah. for. I think it was for that offside, wasn't it? So Yeah, yeah, he went crazy. He went yeah, crazy. I don't blame him, but look, we've got some good game games coming up over the next um four days or five days. So, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll be back in our positive ways even more so after Watford and West Ham. I think we've got to get six points out of them and I think that's that's a no brainer. You know, we can't afford to drop points like we've just said. So it's gonna be crucial. It's going to be interesting. I think Thomas Tuchel might have a press conference today, actually. Um, so we're probably missing it as we record right now. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. Who, who's, you know, in, what, what questions are thrown at him. Some of them are a bit crazy, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens in the next four or five days. And hopefully, we're still top of the league. That's all that matters at the end of the day. We're top of the league. That's all that matters. That's literally it. We shall not be moved. Yeah. 
late I mean, famous it's worse. last words. It's, it's, it's not one week, you know. I don't, I don't know exactly how long it's been, but two months, two and a half months now, maybe. Hmm. And, and and once you build on stuff like this, it becomes, you know, you enforce it. And hmm. and two months becomes three months and four months. And, and then people look at us like, oh, they're impossible to knock off. They're not losing. They're drawing games or winning games. But And th- like you said, this is the mentality we need to have now going forward. You know, just, hmm. just be positive about, about results because of the way we're playing mm. I think it's interesting as well because obviously we, like I said on the last episode we've got a game every three days from from now until the end of December and I think that's a, actually a good thing because that will allow us if we do drop points you haven't got to wait you know four, five, yeah. six days yeah. to then play another game we haven't got the, the time to even think about United at the moment we've got to move on and think about Watford now so I think that for me works especially as a fan I prefer that because I don't I don't want to dwell on a game for, for too long and then exactly you know. and, and and don't forget other teams are playing just as much as well and and the more other teams play the more chances they might drop points as well so yeah. it's you know it's not just purely based we are top and everyone will look at us and just you know put that as the kind of pedestal but I feel like Liverpool have it in them Man City have it in them to to drop random points here and there so so like you said it's not all doom and gloom hundred percent not. Hundred percent. Let's let's quickly do our predictions for for Watford. Theo, I'll come to you. What's your prediction? I'm not going to be too confident after, especially after that United draw. But I've got every reason still to be relatively confident. So I'm going to say two 0 Chelsea. I'll I'll up that by one goal. I'm going to go for a three 0 Just just because I've just seen uh, Theo sent us the list the injuries. of, of yeah. injuries and yeah. I mean, Saar Saar is one of the guys I would look at and and say, you know, if someone can cause something out of nothing, Mm. uh, it it would be him. And the fact that he's not there now, I look at their central midfielders and I feel like it's something that we will dominate. So it's just a matter of if that one goal goes in early on, I do think then the flood flood floods. Yeah. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm going to go for 5-0. Mm. Yes. yes T I'm going to go for 5-0 and if it is 5-0 we're doing an hour long special <laughs> yeah no I think I think I think it's going to be um, I think the United game the Burnley game surely Tuchel's going to be saying to these players look this is our moment now we've got to kick, kick start the season again and start getting the three points every game send so the I'll message out yeah, reaction. Yeah, yeah, like yeah similar reaction. to Norwich. You know, kind of. Yeah. You know, when we won seven nil, I felt like a lot of fans were, a lot of other fan bases were looking at us like, oh, they mean business. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're quite serious right now. And I think a five nil, a four nil, a six nil, just you know, a demolishment will give that message back out again. Of, you know, we did have a little draw against Man United, who's a decent team, but we actually are here for the long run. We should be beating Watford. There's yeah. no. There's not, when I say that, I don't mean we should be. No, we should actually be hammering Watford. I, I know he's on loan in Italy, but don't let Timo Bakayoko anywhere near Vicarage Road. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end the episode. That's going to be the title. Um, but for anyone who's listening on um, Apple or Spotify, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for From the Shed End. Give us a subscribe, like and comment. Let us know your thoughts on this episode as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can also find us on Spotify and Apple. Again, just find us on there by searching From the Shed End. We're on Twitter and Instagram. So for Twitter, it's at From the Shed End. That's all one 
word and on Instagram, it's at from the shed end with underscores between each of the words. So again, follow us and, and let us know your thoughts as well. But this has been episode 39. Hi, Darfio, as always, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I feel happier after Sunday already. I'm looking forward to Watford. Let's go. Episode 39 out the way. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>